Bob You're Harris. What? Ah, beat you, you to the punch. I slumped in a little bit, and you wake me up here with this. Whoa. It's like week 11 or week 10 is just ending. I don't know. I'm like it's Keaton Mitchell. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm wired, you know? That's probably you, what it is. Yeah, and I'm Noah Brown. No, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I'm like um, maybe Will Levis or I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't let's, know. Uh, let's go I, th through. I think Noah Brown's pretty apt. I think that works pretty well. <laughs> let's sort through some of the issues as we head into week 11. He's Matt Walvin. I'm Bob Harris. Find him at the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Football Guys, all those kind of places. Uh, and, uh, and Football Guys. Yeah. yeah. It's like right, right on Twitter. Serious. Find me there, the X. All right, let's start with this. <clears throat> I'm going to start by prefacing this with, uh, you know, there comes a point in a player's career where you think, eh, this is never going to happen. I'm not quite there with Bryce Young, but I'm about 98% of the way there. Walk me off the ledge. Okay, well, first of all, the Carolina offensive line sucks. They've got young receivers. And from what I've seen with Bryce Young, I, I'm not seeing anything different than what I saw with Jared Goff early in his career. Uh, I mean, really, when he has an open look, he finds it. He's able to deliver it downfield with anticipation. There's been some open looks off of, you know, play-action passing that they're wanting to use where he, the second-level receiver he doesn't see, but he's so used to being having a defender in his face that he's kind of stopped looking in that direction. So I would say that really Bryce Young's career goes where this off Carolina offensive line goes. And it's a marriage at this point for them. And it's looking like it's off to a rocky start. Um, so I still have hope for Bryce Young from what I've seen. Um, I don't think he's been that horrible <clears throat> considering the circumstances. It's just statistically looks that way. Right. And I think that that's kind of where people <clears throat> are at with him. Um, give him a little bit give him a little bit more help and a little bit more time and I think you're going to get competent quarterback play out of him honestly <laughs> he looks better than Zach Wilson did when Zach Wilson started his career and I know that sounds like a low bar but people had high expectations for him too and I would say Bryce Young looks better than what Zach yeah, Wilson looked totally lost Bryce Young honestly just looks pressured <laughs> and that's a, and there's a difference so I think perception plays a big role in this like I go back to a photo from Panthers training camp this summer where you know there's a photo of him standing with his offensive line or just behind his offensive line he looks like a child like yeah. you know literally a child uh next to those people it puts a bad perception in your head right you just think that that guy's not a big physical player he's not going to hold up and you know I know there are quarterbacks that have but most of them aren't then there's the comparisons that are going to go with CJ Stroud who was selected after him uh, tearing up the NFL and you, you know we can have that discussion at some point in the future about how that happened or why that happened and I know CJ Stroud has some ideas about that <laughs> like leak test information things like that but whatever the case I just think it's a you know sometimes players get caught in a bad spot I think he's caught in a bad spot and it it can set them back like to the point where they don't have careers and that's very uh, possible that, right. I, I agree but I would say that He's the type of player, my best My best advice for people is that if you're in a dynasty league, um, hedge with this quarterback class. Keep young, but hedge <laughs> hedge with another quarterback. You can't have, you, you can always load up on quarterbacks and do pretty well when you go with that strategy. 
go to the well again and redraft. I mean, obviously you got to wait and see to see what happens with this offensive line. And if they get another receiver, that's, you know, worthwhile, like a, a true primary guy and not an old possession guy who's wily like a uh, Thielen. I feel that, and I'm not ready to fuck his long-term career just yet, but, but like, and I'll, you know, I don't want to, you know, like this is a whole different vibe than Josh Rosen, who seemed like a dick, and that was a half of his problem, right? So, <laughs> so like, uh, you know, at least Bryce Young seems like a nice young man who's working very hard and all the things you want to see. So, uh, I think the the misfortune for him is he plays for perhaps the most impatient owner uh, in the land, and uh, I, we'll see how that plays out. I don't know. I don't feel that situation is, is like ideal for him. But Keaton Mitchell, you invoked his name. Uh, the shares that I've been playing the last two weeks, I'm feeling them. Um, how do we feel about him going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say jury's out with him. I'm feeling him as a um, kind of a matchup player who gets the most out of the opportunities that he's given because the Baltimore Ravens understand how to use him. They use him on draw plays with pass fakes so that you know the the touchdown run he had was a beautiful play call where Todd Munkin essentially has Lamar Jackson fake a one step drop and sh quick slant over to I think it was either Beckham or Bateman one of those receivers who can run after the catch because all of them can in Baltimore um, does that and then hands the the lead draw off you know to him with that big old tight end fullback guy that they have um, Patrick Ricard and. He just outruns everybody, you know, to the perimeter and up the boundary. Then they did the same thing with the throwback screen with him. So they're doing throwback screens. They're doing lots of misdirection. Then they're doing even, you know, he dropped a a wheel route that would have gone for yeah. a touchdown, but it was well covered and he he kind of lost. But man, it was the right ball. in his hand. It was he <laughs> actually right between his forearms. Right. But uh, but yeah, he he lost the ball on that one for sure. But you can see that the, the Ravens have figured out ways to employ his services um, early on, and I think that's great. It's just whether or not he can prove he can run between the tackles like a big boy. And I would say from what I saw at East Carolina, the answer is not yet, um, but doesn't mean that he won't develop in that direction down the line. So feeling him for what he is, um, which is a flex play, bi-week flex play. So I just, you know, and I, and I feel on that as well. And I like, there's many of us who are in positions where we might have to play him as a running back and good luck with that. It's a murky three-man committee still. Uh, I'm going to go break out the Sesame Street uh, theorem again once more. Uh, you know, one of these things is not like the others. He is not going to be mistaken for Gus Edwards and not necessarily for Justice Hill, although probably closer there. But I, what I want to ask you about is like, I've heard comparisons to Devon Achan and you see kind of maybe a similar usage, you know, not, you know, maybe not, all the metrics and everything but a similar kind of player i think on very superficial level yes that's true and the fact that they're very fast and that if you can set him up on runs where he's in space open field in you know on the outside um absolutely he can replicate that um you know but i would say it's kind of, the difference is is that hn hn actually has a little more proven inside running skill and you can use him in that capacity where with Mitchell, I think there's a little bit more to be proven. I did not. Fine. Yes. Like Fine. To, if you took Jaleel McLaughlin and told me that and put him on a different team, if he was, if Jaleel McLaughlin on the Ravens were on the Ravens, I'd be a lot more excited. 
put it that all way. these 190 pounders out there doing their thing get it kids uh very proud of you yeah. uh except for bryce young not so proud of him but anyway uh saints passing offense uh matt wallman feel it or fuck it well i'm feeling it for for chris Olave when Jameis winston's in the game yeah what a when Jameis winston just says look you're the star. I'm gonna I'm gonna feed the ball in your direction, or I'm just gonna let my receivers come down with it, like that throw to At Perry that yes. was literally from his. He was literally on the numbers of the left, the left numbers of the twenty, and threw it to the right boundary. <clears throat> and ju- you're just sitting here watching it happen, and you're th- having that movie highlight slow motion thing where you're going, I can contemplate my existence in the universe and relevancy in the universe and and maybe read a couple of philosophy books while this ball gets there and will at perry actually come down with this because i'm watching like the death of the saints waiting to happen um as this ball arrives i mean that's how much time it feels like that passed with that so i would say this the Derek carr was looking really strong up to this game and then got knocked out of it and the hit that he took was pretty nasty yep um but i think that even still the the Vikings win by blitzing. They win with aggression. A lot of teams don't win with that all-out kind of aggression. So I'd say once Derek Carr's back to normal, even with even or with Winston in the lineup, either way, I still think the Saints' passing offense is viable and strong. Um, they figured out their left tackle situation enough to be able to right. subsist, and I think that you're going to continue to see. <clears throat> strong performances i mean certainly michael thomas wasn't feeling well he got hurt um so at perry had to come in and he got his first touchdown of the of the year and had some decent receptions um but i think shaheed and olave and even johnson and perry are guys that you can you can consider alongside alvin kamara the big shining light of this offense yeah i feel it i feel totally i think it's been you know like it's been a Maybe this game wasn't as ideal, and there was a quarterback change in the middle of it. But leading up to that, it had been four straight great games, and we'll see. Derek Carr doesn't sound like he got the the worst possible outcome here. It just sounds like he'll be back at some reasonable time. And until then, uh, I do think Jameis Winston will at least throw the football, whether he throws it with a lot of caution or anything. That's not part of his game, and that's no. fine. No, doesn't he's, matter. Not. He's he's a he's a fuck it thrower. That's for sure. If he's, I'm not a Saints fan. Fuck them. Oh no! There I did it. Easy Saints Nation. He's he's just a he's a very impulsive player, and and he if we said feel it or fuck it, he should be the poster child for the fuck it side. Uh, <laughs> on that, that's for sure. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Rico Dowdle. So, I mean. I think I think it's interesting. Yeah, we've talked to a lot of beat writers over you know over the course of a year and, and listened to some of them. Some of them are a little more knowledgeable about fantasy than others. Some of them are way knowledgeable about fantasy. Um, Michael Galkin from the Dallas Morning News is one of them. Um, he told me a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, just like, hey, grab Rico Dowdle, just grab him, stash him, right? And so uh, look at this game, like blowout game, okay? Uh, but but from your estimation, Rico Dowdle down the stretch, field or fucking. Oh, absolutely feeling him. And I recommended him too this weekend in, in the replacements or on Thursday that this was a guy you needed to grab and, and and really consider because when you think about Tony Pollard, the role that he that he had that everybody wanted him to like grow out of and into a big boy <laughs> role, well, he can't handle the big boy role. He's a, a ultra-talented running back with great speed, good hands. 
um, but he can't handle the workload. That's just not his game. Um, it's not his physical style of play. Rico Dowdle, you could say, well, can he either? Because he's been hurt every year since he entered, um, since he left high school, essentially. He's been hurt every year at some level. But this is the first year he has been healthy. He's played well. He's an all-around back. He's got a little bit of Le'Veon Bell to his game. Um, he can be physical. He can make you miss. He can catch the football. And I think that, you know, he has the he has the favor of basically Mike McCarthy. And they've realized after halfway through the season that Tony Pollard isn't what the fans were begging him to be. Um, and that maybe, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was still a pretty good player. Now, Dowdle, you know, you're going to hear some people, including our former Dallas Morning News um, co-worker, John Onan, go, well, Rico Dowdle's way better than than Ezekiel Elliott right now. And I think that's a little bit of Dallas fan in my buddy John. But, um, but Dowdle is good, and he could wind up emerging as the as the the committee equal to Pollard down the stretch. That makes sense to me. I'm feeling that as well. Uh, Noah Brown, I mentioned him before. Uh, a couple hundred fifty yard games. You know, those don't grow on trees. Are you feeling him as a consistent producer, albeit probably not one hundred and fifty yards a week? While Nico Collins is out, yes. What when Nico Collins returns? Fuck no. Um, Noah Brown benefits mostly from two minute offense from um, misdirection throwbacks where basically C.J. Stroud rolls to his left, pivots his feet back to his right, and finds Brown open in the open zone on the opposite side of the field. He's getting the tight end treatment. You know, this, these are types of throws that Matt Ryan used to make to Austin Hooper way in, early in Austin Hooper's career, and Hooper didn't always catch. But um, but these are, these are the ways they're using Noah Brown is to get him open basically on misdirection or in zone where defenses are playing a lot of cushion. He's good after the catch. He has great hands. He's slow as molasses for a wide receiver. And that's all fine. He also benefits from the outside shade coverage of zone of zone defenders who are playing off him, and he can break inside. Guess who also benefited from that? Nico Collins. So you just got a slower version of Nico Collins, and that's how they're doing it. When <clears throat> Collins comes back, Brown will be on the bench, except for maybe some red zone situations and two-minute drill work. But at that point, they'll be throwing the ball to Nico Collins and targeting him in tight coverage at the boundary probably more often than Brown, though. He's very good at those little red zone um, fade routes if that, when, whenever they decide to target him. I feel in, in the downhill portion of the season as this kind of player who's going to crop up on occasion. I would like Let's put it this way. I would feel him a lot more than I feel Robert Woods, right? Like Robert Woods is the help you avoid a zero player and Noah Brown is going to be the swing for the fence player. Even if Collins is back, maybe he gets a few shots down the field. See, there you go. I'll play him like that. Uh, Devin Singletary, there is, uh, the evidence is, uh, is, is hard to sort through. We had a game two, a week ago where he was horrible, a game this week where he was fantastic. Uh, which Devin Singletary are you feeling? The week nine Devin or week 10 Devin? How about the... How about the, um, I don't know, I can't figure out what week where he was like in the middle of those two. Whatever week he was in the middle of those two, I'm feeling. Because I, I think that the the Bengals were completely discombobulated on defense trying to defend <laughs> C.J. Stroud more than they were the, 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 the run game. Um, the run game looked really good, and that's not the norm for the Houston Texans. 
Um, and I don't think Singletary was the only differentiating factor. He runs hard. He's a nice reserve to have on your team that you can plug in when you know that he's going to get volume. So I'm feeling that right, it's a volume ex- play. <laughs> that's exactly it. And by the way, I've been putting the Bob and discombobulated since the year of our Lord, 1961, people. You could thank me later. <laughs> um, Jaden Reed, uh, like, <clears throat> so I think you're bringing this up because you brought this up before, and I kind of was not, like, on board with your with your, uh, with your theory here that, that basically Jaden Reed is the best wide receiver in Green Bay. I'm starting to feel that. Yeah, I'm starting to feel it too, but I'm not that excited about it now that I've no, followed up with it. Because right. now I'm watching, you know, I watched the Steelers game and I'm thinking, well, that was a nice deep crosser they threw to him. Um, and then I'm looking at, and it's really kind of more by default of growing pains. I mean, um, you know, Christian Watson dropping some passes, not really in sync. Dubs is who he is. I, I mean, I, you know, Musgrave is. Musgrave and isn't really on the same page and he drops some tough balls but you can see the talent there with him in terms of the speed downfield and it just seems like Reed's the only consistent factor other than actually Dontavian Wicks who I'm actually kind of becoming a, a bigger and bigger fan of um Dontavian Wicks seems to be at the right place at the right time making a big play yeah he and Reed are like the two guys I like on this offense right now <laughs> Um, whereas Dubs and Watson feel like front runners who aren't getting it done. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling Reed is the safest play. I'll put it that way. I'm feeling that too. And it just, uh, you know, it makes me go back to, you know, I think coming into the season, Jordan Love got off to a strong start. We had commented on it. It was heavily based on touchdowns, not so much on completion percentage. And, uh, and he still has a lot of work to do. But it reminds me of what the Packers talked about both the GM and the coach heading into the season was we we're pairing up our young quarterback with young receivers so they grow together. I hope this plan works out for them. Yeah, I mean, because... they got a lot of growth. Let me ask you this. Are you feeling that idea? Because to me, I'm like, fuck that. Where's the veteran who's going to help these receivers in the I, room get I think he'll better. be there next year. I think he'll be there next year. He's not there this year, right? Uh, but I agree, I agree yeah. that, that, that that should have been part of the plan. Somewhere out there, Adam Thielen's going, ha! Yeah. That guy. yeah, or or Robert Woods, who was like, you didn't need right. me to play all that much. You just needed me to help coach up some of these young guys in the room <clears> on how to do it. You know, at least the Texans got a little bit of benefit of that anyway. So. Yeah. All right. Nice. Fair enough. David Montgomery and the great Jameer Gibbs. And the great Jameer Gibbs. He did look great. There was, a, there was that one run where he basically altered the axis of pursuit where he looked like he carved like an S through the field uh, uh, around the defense that looked reminiscent of Adrian Peterson and and Gail Sayers and Matt Forte and all the players who could do that really well. And I know people want to say Barry Sanders, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, Lions fans, Gibbs is a really good-looking back. He's a different style runner than that. He's closer to the guys I mentioned than he is Barry Sanders. Okay, let's just not even go there. But that said, he I think he's doing what most fantasy analysts or the, the, the Lions are implementing them, implemented yeah. Gibbs and Montgomery and how most fantasy analysts envisioned um or hoped when um, Montgomery came back, which was a little bit more for Gibbs, but still giving Montgomery enough um, touches to be able to pummel the defense. 
and then occasionally also do his best Gibbs imitation, right. which was a pretty fine, damn fine 75-yard nice run. run with that little give-a-leg, take-a-leg away. And and then that tightrope of the boundary was... Oh, I, thought, I was like uh, double-checking that one. I was thought that might be another opportunity for Gibbs had he yeah. actually stepped out of bounds. But yeah. you could not see... Like, that was so close. You could not see the... You could see no green, but you couldn't see that he was in the white. And I mean, you... it was like... It yeah. was right there. It was right there. You need right an there. FBI lab specialist right. who's actually in a good office and not one that's like filled with dust <laughs> and mold and ceiling tiles falling on their DNA evidence to actually. Um... <laughs> Here, here's here's the. Let what's me going put on. a let me put a fine point on this, people, yeah. because I do that. I'm a very serious man. Um, uh, the approach you take with the, the Lions backfield, if you can't be with the love you want, the one you love, love the one you're with. Yep. Uh, they'll they'll do. Um, Are you loving right. the one you with with Will Levis? That's what I gotta know. Uh, so yes, right? Like, the, like the results have not been like the first week, but like, what are you, what are you using Will Levis as? What are you viewing Will Levis as? Well, like, don't go crazy, people. He's not your quarterback one in a one quarterback league, but in two quarterback leagues or superflex leagues where there's been attrition and people are gone and not everyone's there, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL with a huge arm and a. And like some decent downfield weapons, uh, so I feel him as that. Fuck him as anything beyond that, and you know we'll see what comes of him uh, in the future. Um, but but I do have mayonnaise in my coffee right now, just so you know. Well, this may this may come to bite me later, but I think fans will enjoy listening to this. As I use Will Levis as an example to get the rookie scouting portfolio, um, especially against a bottom-ranked Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense where he, he couldn't quite get it done at the level that you would like to see. And people might blame the pass rush, but, you, you know, I, I don't know. Are we blaming the pass <laughs> rush for uh, – but we did blame the pass rush for Bryce Young. Do we yeah. blame the pass rush for C.J. Stroud? I don't know. He's he's doing pretty good overcoming that. I don't know. Will Levis, I think he has a little bit more to work on, but yeah. he's a boom-bust player, swing for the <laughs> fence option. And he's getting the volume, so I'm with right. You. You're, you know, the the NFL analysis that you have provided for all your readers in the rookie shouting portfolio is totally true, and you can see it in his play, right? Footwork yeah. and all those things that we have lamented here. Um, but also, I uh, might throw four touchdowns. Might not. He might, <laughs> yeah, you know, he might but, never again. But... Might never again. But I think there will be more yeah. touchdowns come, probably some this year. And again, if you're in a pinch, only feel him if you're in a pinch in two quarterback yeah. leagues as kind of an emergency piece. Uh, uh, how about there's another glass and wear safety glasses? That's all. Right. I'm so there's another quarterback with a with a you know a little stronger history to fall back on. We'll say Lamar Jackson. How can you not feel Lamar Jackson? I don't know because our 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 resident listener Smitty was on Twitter yesterday going, "Should I trade him for another top quarterback? He's let me down in three games and he played poorly this week." Well. You know, he had some moments where, you know, the Browns' pass defense played a little, you know, played well. They they were able to sack him. There was the interception that was that led to the pick six. You, you know, look, he, he had some moments there that weren't so strong. But at the same time, you see this offense getting better and better from the, uh, you know, from a schematic standpoint. And Watt and Jackson is a big part of that. Um, he still looks good in the pocket. He played one of the best defenses in the league. Um, and he's facing some of the easiest defenses mm. against quarterbacks in the league over the next three to five games. So <clears throat> I'm still feeling Lamar Jackson. Surprise. Right. We're going we're, we're gonna to always be a little various people, but 
you know, against this very same defense in week four, he like threw four, he had four touchdowns, threw two and ran for two. Like that's him any given week, right? I'm playing that upside, feeling it every week and, uh, and, uh, probably slightly ahead of him, of Will Levis in my rankings. I'm just going to say, I'm going to double check that. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Rest of season Point rankings, Bob Lamar Jackson ahead yes. of, ahead of Will Levis, firmly ensconced above him. Uh, also above and ahead of Deshaun Watson, who, okay, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, maybe there's some, you know, I think like maybe some internal bias you feel maybe against Deshaun Watson just in general due to the circumstances that he thrust himself into the, the subsequent <laughs> field. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the subsequent deal that seems like, wow, I, I don't know if that's the greatest deal. There's like I've been a lot of, uh, you know, then the turmoil surrounding the, uh, is he, how hurt is he? Are they, are they cleared him? He doesn't want to play. All kind of things. I thought yesterday's performance, he showed a lot of toughness uh, and uh, resilience in playing through an obvious ankle injury. Maybe he shouldn't have, but I, I, I think like, I think everyone there, like after a game where Kevin Stefanski pulled him, I mean, didn't really seem to be all that hurt, right? <laughs> he yeah. took a hit to the head, gets cleared for the concussion, doesn't go back in like they're being overprotective of him. I thought this was a good game. I feel this is a game where, I'm, you know, whether they won or lost, where where he, he showed a little something in this game. Uh, but just in general, feeling or fucking Deshaun Watson. And I think that's probably a loaded question. Yeah, it probably is. But Deshaun Watson, boo! I think that's usually what should accompany usually accompanies his name. The minute somebody says his name, as people think boo, is probably where that should go. But when you can remove the boo away from from him and just look at him as a quarterback, he played well last week uh, or this weekend. Um, certainly did that, and I did think he showed a little bit of grit that he needed to show um, yeah. in that game. Um, you know, I think that things are coming together for him a little bit better. One of the things that may help is the the getting rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones and giving Cedric Tillman an opportunity. Um, whereas Donovan Peoples-Jones is a good deep ball option in the vertical game. I think Tillman has some of that potential, but he's a little bit better underneath too. Um, so he's going to give them a, maybe a little bit more of an option there as a third guy who can grow into that. Played tough this weekend too i mean he laid out kyle van noy on a on a pass pro um opportunity that was that was pretty awesome but then again you don't want your wide receivers doing pass pro very often so right. um yeah final point quarterback one rest of season or outside that range deshaun watson outside that range me too okay fuck feel it feel that rock Ooh. purdy Brock Purdy inside that range, feel it or fuck it. Totally feeling it, and fuck the people who thought otherwise. Look at that three touchdown game this week. Um, one of those was kind of a oh shit, maybe he shouldn't have thrown that across the field like that. But he seems to have a knack for making those plays, and I think he's coming out of the trough that I've talked about with quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, there seems to be uh, a, there, like the theory is out there that he plays better when the 49ers are ahead. I'm think that's probably like weird you know, logic yeah, of course he is because they're ahead and they're scoring points and he's probably part of that and he probably looks like he's not as good when they're behind because they're not scoring points <laughs> i mean it's like a simple theory i saw a lot of discussion about this on the xbox that, that, that sounds like something that i would hear from like office space where you know the, the construction worker would hear that and go that sounds like something that would get your ass kicked yes you know? yes, yeah. yes okay Trevor lawrence speaking of getting your ass kicked 
Dealer <laughs> fucker. I'm still feeling it. I think that this team needs to figure a few things out, and maybe Lawrence isn't playing his best right now. But let's give him, let's cut him a little bit of slack because that first season he had was a was really a historically awful thing that um, Urban Meyer perpetuated on that offense. So he's really in year two of his of his NFL career because we know that whatever the Jaguars were doing two years ago was not NFL caliber offense. Fair enough. I'm feeling that as well. Zach Charbonnet, are you trying to make him a thing still over my beloved Kenneth Walker the third? What are you doing, Matt Walden? Oh, was that me doing that? I don't know. Somebody, Somebody was. I'm okay. I'm casting aspersions, throwing okay. accusations around. Well, I, I'm a Kenneth Walker fan myself. Building I also like. Man. I also like. <laughs> I also. I look like a straw man today. Again, um, again, Zach Charbonnet. Listen. Um, like what he's going to become at some point during his career, but Kenneth Walker's too good, and I know that people are going to look at the efficiency. Don't make this a Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott thing all over again. Kenneth Walker's the guy. <clears throat> Zach Charbonnet can be the guy if you need him to be, um, but he's not for right now, so fuck trying to use him as the starter with Kenneth Walker still there. It's getting a little more work, though. If DJ Dallas beat up, he's seen a little more work in the passing game, so good for him. Yep. Proud to use Zach Charbonnet. Jackson Smith and Jigma took a big hit. Did you feel that or fuck that? We don't need any of that. He took a big hit. Yeah. And but was he carried off the field? Was he all right? He, I think he was. I think he was all too. And he looked and his stats weren't bad either for like like fourth out of fifth game. I mean I, I'm feeling him as someone that you can actually use now um and not feel embarrassed by doing so. All right. Sam Howell. Feel it or fuck it. I've howled the name Howell. I'm feeling it. He's kind of like if Baker Mayfield and and uh, and Dwayne McFarland had a had a love child. I think that he'd look like Sam Howell a little bit. It. You know, he's got the hair. That's for sure. Um, he, he's playing pretty well. I mean, I I don't think there's really much to say other than that. Um, he's grown with this offense, and I think he's been the steadiest of the second year guys. He's like in well inside the top ten quarterback yeah. in fantasy production over the year, and this people is why I preach volume matters. He throws the ball a lot. Good yeah. things are going to happen. Some bad things will happen too, but from your perspective as a fantasy manager, the more the opportunities, the better the production. It and the like Washington that. Commanders cannot tackle on defense, and they gave away some of their best players in the past two weeks. All right, let's get into the Call of Duty uh, section of the program. Kyler Murray, feel him or fuck him? Fuck him. He's a... Uh... Evil bastard. Listen, you know, I mean, I, he's a he's a talented thrower of the football. I don't think he's actually as good of a quarterback as people make him out to be. He moves around well. I, I just like quarterbacks who actually understand the defense, understand how to play in the pocket. Um, and, you know, you know, he should watch Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson tape on how to maneuver a pocket. If Have he you can... ever met him in the Call of Duty battlefield? If I remember, I don't fucking play Call of Duty, you know. I don't even now know my, you do it. Now my son-in-law, now my son-in-law play plays all Call of Duty. He's game. probably met him, but my son-in-law's also like looks like a dead ringer for Zach Hutch for um for Hutchinson, um the 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 defensive end for the Lions. So, I totally made that up. I have yeah. no idea what a Call of Duty is. You don't even know what a Call of Duty is? I've never even seen, I've seen a box once. I think that said Call of Duty on it. Ah, uh, see, well, see not now. Now we're going to have people like Not asking us, what do we do I with apologize. our lives? Yeah. I, 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 I Hey, it looks fun. Last, last game I played was, uh, 
I think it was Madden or Elder Scrolls or something like that. I don't know. Whatever it is, I know that if I pick it up and turn on that controller that I could be playing for two straight weeks and I just don't have time for that. I played Galaga once. It was like in the 80s. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was um, pretty cool. Hi, Chandler. Feel more fuck him. Um, I would say... I, I'm going to say fuck him and mainly because the, the talent is there for him to be versatile enough to help your team to a certain degree. But it, to me, it's kind of a low-end buy option until um, Alexander Madison gets hurt. Madison's still getting the tough yards, and people are just saying he can't play, whereas Ty Chandler gets a nice opportunity. He did have a 30-yard touchdown called back due to a penalty um, in this game that might have had people more excited about him statistically. They're begging to get him on the field. He runs hard. Um, I'll just say situationally, fuck him. Um, Talent-wise, sort of feeling him. With Alexander Madison uh, concussed, uh, there might be a path to workload going forward. There might. So it might be a temporary stopgap for you. So if you're out there on the waiver wire, put in a bid just to get ahead of that. Uh, thing. Yeah, Josh you, Dobbs, the you astronaut. Might, you might get eight. You might get you know eleven touches for thirty-seven yards, I, and, and which and, is better than know, a zero. Now, that's Waldman. true. Okay, fine. I don't know. Maybe Josh not on Dobbs. principle. I want to move on to Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Getting Bob Harris angry since um, 2004. There we go. That's my that's my that's my (laughs) moniker right there. Josh Dobbs. I'm feeling Josh Dobbs. He looked really good. Um, He made some a little bit of crazy throws here and there, but the fact that he's playing as well as he is, I'd actually wonder how the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base feel about the fact that they drafted this dude and. And what he's been able to do. Do you want him or Kenny Pickett? I would, I, I don't know. I I wonder, like, so I watch this and I watch a lot of quarterbacks play across the NFL. I see this guy show up on five days notice and, you know, and, or eight days notice last year in Tennessee and get a start ahead of guys that they drafted to be their starter. I see him show up in Arizona 17 days before the start of the season and move in and be the starter and, you know, competently guide that team over the course of most of the half the season. I see him show up in Minnesota and not knowing anybody's names, you know, at least come in and cobble together a win against another NFL team. And then I see him this week and again, you know, looks pretty damn competent. I don't think everyone I see play on Sundays looks that competent. And it makes me wonder what the process is for NFL teams. Why this guy can't, you know, get more of an opportunity or more of an extended opportunity. I'm sure there are weaknesses that I don't, you know, that I don't see. Look, they're around him every day. They know what's going on, but he seems like a super smart guy, 40 to NASA. This is true. And, uh, and, and again, like competent is better than a lot of things I see. Yeah. I'll say, you know, and I, you know, I'm not talking about Zach Wilson here in general. And also, I mean, I think we saw in last night's game, some of the reasons why somebody would like want to pin their hopes on Zach Wilson. I mean, he can throw. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, but, but, uh, but, but what is it with Josh Dobbs? I think that, um, I think it clicked for him down the line. And I think that's part of it is that it, it probably wasn't as, there are a lot of things that he did at Tennessee that were flawed um, and where he looked more like a Jordan Love type of player who, who got a little bit more, um, came around at the right time. I think Dobbs came, I think Dobbs, came on just before people were really starting to get enamored with the highly mobile quarterback. Um, and I and I think that he probably also just made certain types of conceptual mistakes and decision-making mistakes that 
teams didn't want to go for, and he shored those things up. Um, he's also working with a coach in Kevin O'Connell, who was one of Tom Brady's um, backup quarterbacks for a while and has bounced around the league a bit and probably understands what it means to to have to get ready at short notice bouncing around the league. Not that he played much, but I think he kind of had an understanding of how to, to deal with that, and I think he and, he and Dobbs have worked well together. And Dobbs is, you know, I won't say he's completely turned a corner, but I think he's shown a knack for being able to adjust quickly. We'll see how much that ceiling has once he's like firmly entrenched in his offense. Because I think there is something to be said about players who can come off the bench quickly and and perform at a certain level of competency. And I think Dobbs obviously has that level of talent. We'll see if he can sustain that level of talent now that he's entrenched in a system. Saints wide receiver A.T. Perry. He's big. We've seen this happen in the past with big Saints receivers. They turn into things. Is that going to happen for A.T. Perry? I think he has a chance. He can run routes, too. That's the other thing that's nice about his game. We haven't seen him do that at this stage. Um, if they need him this year, I think you're going to get some bi-week production out of him. You know, the next couple of years, he may get a chance to replace Michael Thomas. And he has the route running ability to maybe develop into a middle class version of Michael Thomas. So I'm feeling him long term. Um, short term, not so much. I think he's, yeah. you know, good good luck on the gamble. Right. I think we've done our business today. I felt many things. I fucked some of them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's okay. Yeah. It'll be. You'll you'll live. It'll be okay. Get a shot. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe All right. Two. Maybe two. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, everybody. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs>